Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode in the second season of the podcast Science 101. Throughout this season, we're going to study Earth's surface most prominent feature, which is water. Water is so important that how Earth is referred, the blue marvel, is because of water. Specifically in this episode, we're going to study seawater and some basic ideas. Let's go. Well, first of all, obviously, we need to define what water is. Water is the chemical compound made of two, pot, two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen. The portion of the Earth's surface that is covered by water is the hydrosphere. The hydrosphere is so important that actually 90% of the life in Earth is located in the hydrosphere. The hydrosphere can be divided into parts. The first one is fresh water and seawater. The clear distinction between seawater and fresh water is that seawater has greater concentrations of salt than fresh water. The study of Earth's ocean or seawater is called oceanography and those who study them are oceanographers. First of all, we need to say that of the Earth's surface, 71% is water and 29% is land. Of that 71%, 96.5% is seawater. This means in oceans and in some salty lakes, while only 3.5% is freshwater. Of that 3.5%, 60% is is frozen waters in glaciers and icebergs which are fresh and the other percents are divided into underground water and water we can access easily to in rivers and lakes so this means of all the water in the earth 71 percent only 0.5 percent we can have access to as we can see the greater mass of water is seawater and then freshwater. So first we're going to study seawater. Let's go. Well, first of all, we need to understand that water can be found in three states of matter. The first one is solid. Solid water is what we call ice, which is frozen. The, the second one is liquid water. Liquid water is what we just simply call water. And also it is the normal, the standard, and the common type of water we can see around the world. Most of the ocean's water is liquid. And the third one is gaseous water, which we know as water vapor. Another characteristic that all water shares which is very prominent, not only seawater, but also freshwater, is surface tension. So surface tension is the characteristic of water particles to stick together, to adhere together in, in order to resist an external force due to the cohesive nature of water molecules. This is like the water, they stick to each other, they adhere and may like a barrier that needs a certain force to be broken in order to touch water. 
Now that we have already seen these characteristics, we're going to see the most important characteristics of seawater. The first characteristic that we're going to see of seawater is its composition. Obviously, seawater is consists mainly of water, 96.5%, which equivalents roughly to 1.3 quintillion cubic meters of water. The resting percent divides into 2.72% sodium chloride, which is what we know normally as staple salt, the salt that we use every day, which is composed of sodium and chlorous. And the resting 0.78% corresponds to other salts and minerals, other substances. Some of them include magnesium chloride, magnesium sulfate, fluorine, nitrogen, rubidium, calcium carbonate, potassium, zinc, phosphorus, arsenic, iodine, etc. Also, we need to say that it is due to sodium chloride that the water, that the seawater has its salinity. Something interesting is the reason why water are salty. They are salty because all water, all, all water eventually mixes with minerals which are salty and these minerals eventually go into the sea or into the rivers and from these rivers are taken into the sea an interesting fact is that the mineral most deposited in the seawater in the oceans is calcium but why it is not the most common it is not the most common because Organisms which are adapted to the seawater biome are constantly use calcium in order to in order to make their homes and their bodies. For example, corals, crabs, nails, etc. That is why sodium chloride, apart from water, is the most abundant mineral in it. The most important characteristic of seawater is salinity. Salinity is the measure of the quantity of dissolved salt in seawater. This means how many parts of salt it is per part of water in the seawater. In, in average, there is 35 parts of salt per 1,000 parts of water. This means 35 grams of seawater of salt per kilogram. Uh, the, so the salinity of seawater is not constant. However, sometimes when seawater evaporates or freezes, the dissolved water remains, increasing the salinity of the remaining seawater. When fresh water from a melting iceberg or a river flows into the sea, the salinity of the water decreases because the dissolved material because the glaciers and icebergs are freshwater and it and the dissolved materials this means salt in the ocean is diluted for example as we can see the places with greater salinity are the ocean are the poles why is this 
because seawater is constantly freezing and as it freezes it leaves salt behind making these waters more and more and more salty each time also it is because many many sediments are deposited in the pools about 78% of the salt that we can find in the ocean is sodium chloride as we can see or ordinary table salt. Other salts include salts of magnesium, salts of calcium, as we have already said, potassium, and strontium. In addition to dissolved minerals, the ocean also contains dissolved gases in order to be vital in order for undersea life. For example, fish and many other ocean animals obtain dissolved oxygen from the water while oceanic plants such as plankton and algae use dissolved carbon dioxide to produce their food. Most of these dissolved gases enter seawater from the atmosphere. Now we have already seen salinity, the most important characteristic of seawater. Just as salinity varies from one place to another, being greater in the poles and lesser in the equator, the same happens with color, the next characteristic of water we're going to study. Although small amounts of water seem translucent, transparent, and colorless, when we find water in great quantities, the water's natural color, blue, is revealed. This is because of four factors. The first one and the most important is that the water, the ocean, absorbs first the green and red wavelengths, which are, which are longer, but it lets blue light to pass through the water, and it absorbs blue water, the last, causing the ocean to appear blue because it is the last wavelength to be absorbed. It is also blue because it reflects the color of the sky, and as we can see, the sky is blue. But sometimes, for example, in sunsets, when the sky is of other colors, the water reflects these colors and may see of an orange or a purple or any color. The other one is the composition of this water. This, for example, depends on two factors, mineral factor and biological factor. For example, a, a soil, a ocean which is full of soil, of sediments, of mud, and other minerals may have different color, may appear, mo may appear more brownish. But, for example, in some parts of the ocean, we can find great quantities of plankton, and plankton reflect especially green light, causing this part of the seawater to be ocean greenish than any other part. And the last factor is the deepness of the water. Shallow water objects, appear, objects and the ocean itself appear to be a bright blue. A, a lighter blue. This is because all, not all wavelengths have been absorbed, while in deeper parts of the ocean, in deep, in deep water, the, as there is more quantity, it seems darker, a more intense blue. Not so light and shining, but a more intense. Something interesting is that the color of the water 
also affects the color of objects within water. For example, if you hold some object color red in the air, it will seem color red. If you place it under shallow water, it will still appear to have a red color, since not all wavelengths have been absorbed in this bright bright blue water. But if you go into deep water where there is more quantities of water, if you place there wouldn't that the object will not longer appear to be red rather it will appear to be black because all red wavelengths had already been absorbed and if you go deep enough into the deep ocean for example the mariana trench all blue light has been absorbed leaving light in living ocean in absolute darkness and you will not able to see anything without a lamp That's the characteristic of color. The next characteristic we're going to see is temperature. Temperature depends on two things. There are two kinds. Surface temperature depends on latitude. For example, in polar regions, which are more cold because they receive less sunlight in general, they are colder while in tropical regions that receive a constant amount of sunlight and energy throughout the year they are warmer something interesting to say is that the arctic is a bit is a little bit hot is a little bit less cold than the antarctic why is this this is because in the arctic are just huge chunks of ice floating in the arctic ocean which enable the warm currents coming from the gulf of Mexico of mexico to pass beneath it and warm more and warm a little bit more these huge ch- chunks of ice while the antarctic is on a continent it is not f- huge floating chunks of ice rather it is ice over land and as lands does not permit those warm currents to to make less cold this land it appears to be also more cold it is also because in the Antarctic has a higher sea level than the arctic these are surface temperature but another thing are that as we go deeper into the ocean as we increase the ocean's deepness, the, the, the temperature decreases. This means that surface temperatures in general are, are hotter than deep temperature. Why is this? This is because the sunlight and the sun energy is, uh, is absorbed by the upper layers of the ocean. What, and it does not permit this energy, this heat, to reach the deeper parts which remain more cold the part the region where cold deep water meets with the sun warms near surface water is the thermocline the thermocline varies from place to place depending on the geographical landslide of the seafloor the geographical features the thermocline is an interesting place because from above the thermocline there is a kind of biological life but below the thermocline life is even weirder thus we have to say that most of ocean's life is located above the thermocline this is because there they can absorb 
all the sun rays and temperature. So surface temperatures depend on latitude, on latitude and in altitude. For example, the poles are colder, Antarctica is a little bit colder than the Arctic, and the tropics are the hotter ones. And it also depends on deepness. Surface temperatures in general are hot are less cold than deeper temperature because they absorb less of the sun's energy. Another factor about the seawater temperature is that the only cases in which deep water becomes hot becomes hotter is for example when the crust begins to move apart when the plate tectonics move apart and magma comes up from the mantle and makes up new crust causing this in during this region during this region of water to be hot because of the great temperature of the magma now setting this let's advance to to the next one which is density density we can say is one of the most is the after the salinity the most important characteristic of seawater because it drives what we know as sea currents which means that seawater is not static but actually moving all around the earth density depends on two main factors the first one salinity and temperature the more salt that a water contains the higher its density will be this is because salt is denser than water and because salt and other minerals are denser than water they tend to go and sink up into the seafloor causing these waters to be denser for example the polar regions as they have a greater salinity they are denser the other one is temperature this is because of cold water is considerably denser than warm water of the same salinity why is this because as objects became to became colder and colder and colder they are less they are more packed that is why when they are cold enough they are packed enough to form a solid but cold water not that enough but it is very packed and it, the particles do not move that much while warmer water the particles are not packed so compoundly so togetherly causing warm water to be less dense than cold water this means that the water temper this means that the water above that thermocline are warmer and therefore less dense than the waters below the thermoclines the two layers of the water do not really mix don't really mix this means that there is not a great mixing or transition so this is the following um surface these upper layers of the water of seawater are less dense because of salt and temperature while the deeper deeper layers below the thermocline are denser because they are usually colder and also because the more salt usually deposits here now let's go to the last characteristic the last characteristic inherent to seawater we're going to see is pressure pressure is referred to the physical force exerted on on or against an object 
by something in contact with it. We can say that both seawater and air both have weight that pushes down on, on people and objects. The pressure from water is called hydrostatic pressure. In oceanography, hydrostatic pressure is usually measured in the metric unit of a kilopascal. We have to say that seawater exerts a greater pressure than air. Why is it? This is because it because seawater is denser than air. Density refers to the quantity of a mass in a certain volume. So, warm water exerts a certain kind of pressure and cold water exerts a little bit greater amount so in general seawater exerts greater pressure than air because it is denser but it also depends on quantity for example it is not the same pressure from seawater if you are at sea level or if you are at the bottom of the Marianas Trench because obviously in the Marianas Trench you will have more pressure above you since there is more quantity of water above you. Thus, the deeper you go into the ocean, the pressure will be greater. Well, now that we have already seen all the character, all the general characteristics of seawater, we have to say some things. For example, seawater in all oceans, although they are divided in oceans, they are actually only one mass. And another is that water in the earth is constantly moving, such as factors of density, temp, temp density, salinity, and temperature. I would say those three are the most prominent factors and importance in seawater. So seawater is constantly moving in currents, but another thing that we can usually find on seawater are, is the ice. Now let's go to explore that. Well, because of seawater salinity, the freezing point of seawater is not exactly is not exactly zero degrees Celsius, rather negative 1.8 degrees Celsius, a few degrees lower than the normal one. The, in polar regions, where temperature drops far below point, salt water freezes and forms sea ice. Let's remember that when seawater freezes into sea ice, it does not freezes along with the salt. It only, it only freezes the water and the salt is left behind. Sea ice may contain trapped crystals of salt or pockets of brine, which is extremely salty water. Sometimes sea, sea ice is in floating on ocean surface. In other areas, sea ice can cover a bay or a small sea for several months, preventing ships from accessing port. Arctic Sea which is typically about four meters thick in the winter and on from 1.8 to 3 meters thick in the summer. We have to say, as I will have already said, that the Arctic sea ice is warmer than the Antarctic sea ice. This is because they are huge, the Arctic ones are huge chunks of ice floating 
which led warm currents to travel beneath them, sometimes melting and forming ponds within these sea ice. Now we're going to see glaciers. What are glaciers? Glaciers are the one of the most prominent one of the most prominent ice in the sea. How does it form? Exactly and does not form in the sea, rather in the land. It forms as a long period of years, reaching thousands of years, snow falls in a zone, continually falls. But this so but this snow instead of melting, it accumulates, it compresses, traveling from granular snow into hard ice. These glaciers are constantly moving and they have a great erosive power. They are like slow rivers which are moving along a part. Sometimes from these glaciers may they it may eventually reach the cold sea and fragment in something called calvinization, forming huge chunks of floating uh, glacial ice called icebergs. Some glaciers, instead of breaking into 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 icebergs, they is they extend into the ocean and float in the ocean to form an ice shelf, the outer edge of a glacier that flows on the ocean surface. The most prominent ice shelf we can find is in the Antarctic, the Ross Ice Shelf, which covers an area of about the size of France. Eventually, as the this ice shelf continues to grow, the outer edge of the ice shelves begins to calve, to break away, forming, forming huge, flat, straight-sided icebergs. The faster a glacier grows, the more frequently it calves. So, we have to say that there are two types of icebergs. First, the iceberg with great points that are sharp which are as a result as glaciers reaching the cold water and immediately breaking. The second one are flat side or flat straight sided iceberg. This form as the ice shelf reaches along and it eventually breaks forming these types of icebergs. Something we have to say that it is calculated that only 10% of icebergs are shown on the surface. This means 90% of icebergs are hidden, which means they are huge. Icebergs float because they are slightly less dense than seawater. They float deeply in the water, only with 10% exposed, as we have said. The bottom of the largest icebergs extend hundreds of meters beneath the surface. So glaciers form as snow accumulates and compacts into hard ice. This eventually breaks into pointy icebergs. Sometimes it grows an ice shelf like those of the Antarctic. And this ice shelf breaks into icebergs which are flat, straight-sided. So this is a review of the ice in the sea. Well, there is an interesting question that I have always wondered about. Why is that iceberg floats if they are solid over seawater, which supposedly is less dense? Then why are icebergs less dense than water? This is because of two factors. 
This first one is that the seawater in these polar regions has a greater density because first of all, it has greater salinity as water freezes. And second of all, because it is colder, it has a colder temperature. And the second factor is one of water's most interesting properties. Something that, that all liquid does is that when they become solid, instead of expanding, they contract, they condense, their molecules condense, becoming more dense than the liquid they were above. But water instead, which is amazing, instead of contracting or compacting, it expands. The molecules expands, becoming the ice less dense than the water it, it, it sits in. That is the risk. Well, this episode is already coming to an end. I hope you enjoy it. We have learned all about seawater, its characteristics, its composition, and the ice we can find within it, and one intriguing question about icebergs and how they float. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Stay safe due to coronavirus. Goodbye.